What's up, everybody? We have made it to the start of the Big 12 football season. Week one is here. I am so fired up. We've been waiting all offseason for this, and I know that many of you are feeling the exact same way right now. It's just been months of waiting and waiting and talking and previewing, and now we finally get to talk about the season. It's here. It is great to be with you as we get things going for another year at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're on the podcast. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. Uh, Of course, Twitter as well. Find us on all your social media platforms, and it is great to be kicking off another season with you at heartlandcollegesports.com. If you're on the podcast, leave that rating and review. You get a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. Just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And, of course, on YouTube, subscribe. A lot more YouTube content is coming your way, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube and hit that like button as well. I'm so fired up. I know you are as well to be back and getting this uh, season underway. I got one bit of advice before we start the show for all 10 Big 12 coaches. All right, here it is. I I know that you guys know the X's and O's better than I do. Here's my one bit of advice for all 10 Big 12 coaches. Don't be Scott Frost. Do not be Scott Frost. An onside kick up 28-17 when you are in complete control of a game. Don't do it. I know you needed me to come here to the show to tell you that. I know that Matt Campbell is hanging, hanging on a thread, hanging by a thread, waiting for me to give him this bit of advice. I know Brent Venables, new guy on the block, feels the same way. You guys have been waiting for it. It's okay. Just admit it. It's totally fine. I'm cool with it. All right. I mean, (laughs) what a disaster for Scott Frost. What an absolute disaster he's got up there in Nebraska. I miss Nebraska some days in the Big 12. And then I see that disaster of a performance and I'm like, eh, did we really miss him that much? Maybe not. All right. So as we get this show started, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you team records for each Big 12 team, who I like in the Big 12 championship game. And all right, if it's not going to be one of the teams that I pick, Who else can get there? There you go. All right, let's go through now, and let's, uh, how do we want to do this? Do we want to go alphabetical? Do we want to go worst to first? How do we want to play this out? All right, let's start, let's go uh, worst to first. All right, let's do it that way, Just, just for sake of the conversation. The Kansas Jayhawks. I am predicting that the Kansas Jayhawks, all right, you want to say this is shocking stuff? You can. I am predicting KU football is going to go 4-8 and eight this season. I'm predicting 2-7 and seven in Big 12 play. And, uh, I, you know, for Kansas, that is a massive step in the right direction under Lance Leipold. All right, this is a guy who has finally built this program the right way. He has used the transfer portal, yes, to his advantage. You got guys like Kai Thomas now in that backfield. Jalen Daniels, maybe the most talented quarterback at Kansas in 15 years. Young guy, two years under his belt. And, uh, you know, things are, for Kansas standards, they are rocking and rolling. All right, that's, that's just the reality right now for Kansas. You got to give them credit based on where this team is and what it's done and where it's been for the last 15 years, at least 10, things are trending in the right direction. And I am very high on Lance Leipold. 
I'm not saying five wins. I'm certainly not predicting a bowl game. But if they can go two and one in the non-conference, Tennessee Tech this week, probably lose to Houston, likely lose to Houston, and then beat Duke, all right? If they can win two and then pull off a couple of upsets in the Big 12, that's four wins right there. And here's the thing as well. For 10 years, every Big 12 team has chalked up the Kansas game to a win and to a very easy win as well. Two teams are going to get caught off guard. I don't know which two. I'm not going to go that deep on the predictions, but two teams will get caught off guard this year by the Kansas Jayhawks, and I see Kansas going 4-8 and eight this season. More depth. That Leipold staff has done a great job, and three is the easier pick. Three is the more likely pick, but you know what? I didn't come here for softball predictions. I'm giving you four wins, four and eight record for the Kansas Jayhawks in a great second year step under Lance Leipold. All right. All right. Let's move on from there. Texas Tech. All right. I've got Texas Tech finishing the season at five and seven overall. And a big part of that is because of this non-conference. All right. Things are difficult out of the gates. You've got Houston in week two. Uh, you've got NC State in week three. That is a very difficult early season, a couple of non-conference games when you've got a brand new staff with a quarterback who's learning a new system, coming off the entry like Tyler Shuck. That is a difficult spot to put Joey McGuire in in year one. Now, I'm a big Joey McGuire guy. If anybody can turn this thing around, it's going to be Joey McGuire. There's no doubt in my mind he's the perfect guy for this job. But year one can be tough. I mean, year one was tough for Nick Saban and Alabama by Alabama standards. So let's not sit here and say, oh, Joey McGuire is going to do better than five and seven. Uh, based on what? Maybe six and six, but the non-conference is tough. Um, and, you know, that thing, it can snowball quickly on you. And the September schedule is very, very difficult. On top of that, I don't know what the offensive line has going for it. I like Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator who came in and, you know, set records last year. I like what he can do. He's one of the best young offensive minds in this sport. But, and I love the backfield as well. Sir Roderick Thomas and Taj Book, or Thompson and, and, and Taj Brooks are a great one-two punch for Texas Tech. But, man, you, you're going to have a tough time sitting here convincing me that this year this is a team that's going to get the bowl eligibility. So, for that reason, I am taking the Texas Tech Red Raiders, to finish this season with a record of 5-7. and seven. Next up on the list, the TCU Horn Frogs going from worst to first in the Big 12 Conference. The TCU Horn Frogs, I've got them going 6-6 six and six this year, just eking out bowl eligibility for Sonny Dykes in year one. All right, so this is one of those situations where uh, TCU – has talent. We know that. All right. Gary Patterson had talent on that team. Gary Patterson's issue was not the talent he recruited. Gary Patterson consistently had a team that was top three to four in the Big 12 in recruiting the last several years. They just couldn't put it together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They could not do it. And that put them in a very tough spot. If you can't, if you can't score in this league, you're not going to get very far. That's just the reality. Sonny Dykes has been brought in to fix exactly that. That's what he's been brought in to do. 
All right. So you look at this right now and you say to yourself, all right, if I'm if I'm a TCU fan, I don't feel great about this team. I I don't, but I feel like Sonny Dykes is the guy who can get me right into that position to uh, get to the six-win mark. And when I look at the non-conference, I say, okay, Colorado, down team, Tarleton State, SMU. SMU's tough. Sonny Dykes playing his former team, Iron Skillet. SMU's done very well in that series as of late. They're going to be extra fired up to take on Sonny Dykes. But Sonny Dykes also knows that team very well as well. Let's not forget about that. So if they go 3-0, you need then three wins in conference play to get this team to uh, bowl eligibility. And I think that's very doable, even for a team that's got itself a bit of a rebuild in the uh, TCU Horn Frogs. All right? So I've got TCU going 6-6. and Okay. West Virginia. Let's go to the Mountaineers. I want to see Neil Brown turn this thing around. Desperately want to see Neil Brown turn this thing around. Is 6-6 six and six enough to turn this thing around for Neil Brown? Your guess is good as mine. All right. Your guess as good as mine when it comes to Neil Brown and what he can do. I got a lot. Of, I like JT Daniels. I like Graham Harris. I like what they are doing at West Virginia. I mean, Neil Brown had to shake it up, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He really had no choice. He had no choice but to shake it up on that side of the ball. But with that being said, is that enough in a loaded Big 12 to get this guy and get this team to seven or eight wins? I don't see it. I mean, I, I like what they've got on you know offensive line, bringing back the starters. I like the defensive line, led by Dante Stills. The secondary has a ton of guys with experience at other levels, at other schools, but they are experienced. Do they mesh? Do they gel together? Remains to be seen, especially early in the season. When you got the you know backyard brawl right out of the gates, that's a tough spot for West Virginia. When you look at this West Virginia schedule, it is a very difficult schedule for the Mountaineers. And, and West Virginia fans know that. Right, you got Virginia Tech and Pitt in your non-conference. I that, that's that's tough. That's a tough month of September in terms of what your non-conference going to look like, especially when you got a new quarterback, new system. You know, working with new guys. That that is a difficult spot to be in. But Neil Brown knows at the absolute worst to keep his job, he has to get to bowl eligibility. He has to do it. So I believe he's going to get there. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be sexy, but I believe Neil Brown's going to get to that bowl game, and that's what he's desperately going to have to do to then make the case to keep his job. If he does that, he should keep his job. Let's not forget how how bare that cupboard was after uh, Dana Holgerson left. And Dana knew what he was leaving. Dana knew when he bolted that there was not much there. That's part of the reason he left. All right? So he handed not much off to Neil Brown, and Neil Brown, now in fairness, hadn't done a whole lot with it, but uh, I believe Neil Brown, who's recruited well, should get more opportunities if he gets to a bowl game. That's where I'm at right now in the Mountaineers, finishing 6-6 six and six this season. Next up, we have uh, three teams that I believe are all going to finish with an 8-4 and four record. Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State, all finishing 8-4 and four in my book. Let's start with Iowa State. 
All right, so these are teams four through six in the Big 12. I believe all those three teams are going to be eight and four when all is said and done. Iowa State, no one's talking about Iowa State. That's how Matt Campbell likes it. I think that's how Iowa State fans like it. Don't talk about us. Last year was like, can they make a playoff? Are we going to have two Big 12 teams in the college football playoff with Oklahoma and Iowa State? And then the team did not live up to the expectations last year after reaching the Big 12 title game the year prior. I don't know if that band stayed together too long, so to speak, or what happened there, but bring in Hunter Deckers, who Iowa State fans, the people that in the, in the know, will tell you the ceiling for Hunter Deckers, the lefty, may be higher than it was for Brock Purdy. And what Matt Campbell has done so well is build this program with depth and quality guys at all levels. Guys that a lot of people aren't going to know right now, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But they're there. They're at Iowa State. I guarantee you, Matt Campbell has made sure they're at Iowa State for the last several recruiting cycles. We're going to learn who they are. And don't forget, uh, the guys who are back, Will McDonald on that D-line, Orion Vance. Uh, those guys are back to lead that side of the ball. Um, we know the staff is solidly in place, as it has been for Matt Campbell now for several years. So he's got everything uh, lined up, and no one's talking about him, and I think that's how he likes it. So I believe Iowa State is going to end up getting to that eight-win mark this season. That's what I see happening for the Cyclones. Now, uh, K-State. I also see K-State as an eight-and-four team. Adrian Martinez is going to be a guy, the transfer quarterback from Nebraska. A lot of it will depend on him and what he ultimately ends up bringing to the table. All right, and how does he work with Colin Klein? These guys are loving each other right now in the offseason. They're raving about each other right now in the offseason. It's the offseason. You should have, you would hope that your quarterback would be raving about uh, (laughs) his offensive coordinator, and you would hope the offensive coordinator would be raving about his quarterback. But let's like see it mesh first, all right? Let's see if Adrian Martinez cuts down on some of those big mistakes that plagued him at Nebraska some of the big turnovers that hurt him there uh, in Lincoln. And if Colin Klein can get this guy under under control, then K-State has a very high ceiling, higher than 8-4. and You factor in who I believe to be the most explosive player in the league, and that is Deuce Vaughn. You've got that uh, combined with a very strong defensive line. Uh, The questions are in the secondary. If K-State solidifies that unit... This team can challenge, can challenge at the top of the Big 12. But I'm seeing for Kansas State an 8-4 and four season in Manhattan. Meantime, Texas. I know, I know. You've heard all about the talent of Texas. We do this every year. Look at the five-star guys, four-star, every level for Texas, four- and five-star guys. I know you don't want to hear it. But have you seen the talent of Texas? They're pretty talented. That being said, are they playing for a Big 12 title? No, they're not. Quinn Ewers, of course, is the quarterback, former number one prospect in the country. He's going to be taking over an offense with guys that are going to be playing on Sundays, Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and others. Uh, But in the end, to me, the offense is not going to be the issue. It's going to be, is this team tough in the trenches? Do they have the toughness on defense in particular to compete at the top of the league? And I I can't sit here and tell you that answer is definitively yes. 
because I could have made the case for yes for the last 10 years, and it's really never happened. Outside of that one year, they ended up in the Big 12 title game against Oklahoma. So I'm not buying it. I mean, I think they have an enormous amount of talent, but 8-4 and four is what I see for them. Alabama's a loss. Let's just call it like it is. And then 6-3 and three in Big 12 play feels about right for the Texas Longhorns this year. Now, that'll be a massive improvement from 5-7, and seven, where they were last year under Steve Sarkeesian in year one. He should absolutely keep his job if he goes 8-4. and four. But I know for Texas fans, some of them, that is going to be a disappointing season at 8-4. and four. Before I get to my uh, top three, I want to let you know about our great new sponsor, DraftKings. And if you're in Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. If you're listening right now in Kansas... And people say, hey, Pete, how can we support the show? Just support our sponsors. And in Kansas, which is where I live, all new customers are going to receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using the code HCS for Heartland College Sports. And one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. And the best part, no deposit is even required. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with our code HCS, get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer is going to win a $100,000 free bet. That's code HCS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help's your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 plus physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as $425 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited ends the first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at dkng.co slash ks. DraftKings, use our code HCS. Next up, we got the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I have the Cowboys wrapping up this season with an impressive and a solid. Where do you think I'm going here? Oklahoma State, I'm going to say finishes up nine and three. All right, that's that's where I see this team this year. Nine and three for Oklahoma State. You've got the most experienced quarterback returning in Spencer Sanders in this league, so that's worth something. All right, so can they encore in 2022? I love Derek Mason taking over for Jim Knowles. I think losing Jim Knowles is obviously a big deal, but I really like uh, what Derek Mason's going to bring to the table. And when you talk about defensive lines. Oklahoma State is as deep and as solid as any in the conference on the defensive line in particular. That obviously matters in this league, and Derek Mason's going to have some fun with that, as he should. So I love what's going on there. I like having the experience at quarterback. I do have questions elsewhere around this team, but when it comes to the offense, I think Mike Gundy's going to have this thing um, figured out as much as he can, but they're going to have to lean a bit more on the offense. Last year... The defense really carried this team. So much. This defense carried this team. At some point, Spencer Sanders is going to have to win you games. Not just manage games, but win you games. And I don't know if Spencer Sanders can ever be that guy. I just don't know. So I think conservatively, 9-3 and three is the play for Oklahoma State this year. At number two in the Big 12 Conference... I have got the Oklahoma Sooners finishing up the season 
at 10 and 2. Let's not forget. I know everyone thinks that Oklahoma is just going to be Oklahoma and pick up where they left off. All right. It's just going to be Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables and Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel, and everyone's going to be scoring 65 points a game, and life's going to be great. I'm not here to defend Lincoln Riley. I think the guy's a massive douche. All right. But with that being said, the guy is an offensive mastermind. He did know what he was doing on that side of the ball. And while I don't think he knew defense, you know, from the back of his tush, uh, I, I do think we're sitting here looking at um, a team that's going to have to figure itself out a little bit offensively. Dylan Gabriel's never played at this level. Just hasn't done it. That's a transition. Jeff Levy is someone who's obviously coached in the SEC, coached Dylan Gabriel before that at UCF. Uh, but, you know, there's a learning curve here. New guys, new program, new pieces around them. That does take a little bit of time. And then while I believe Brent Venables will have this defense revamped, will have it tougher, I, I believe that this is still a guy who's never been a head coach. There's a learning curve. There's going to be a mistake that he makes that's going to cost him a game somewhere down the line. There's going to be a day that maybe they don't show up. All right? It happens to everybody. And... Uh, I believe this is the year that that can absolutely happen and will happen Oklahoma as they finish up the season 10-2. and two. That's where I see uh, Oklahoma wrapping up the year here in the Big 12. And at number one, drum roll please, I have got the Baylor Bears. Also with a 10-2 and two record but holding that tiebreaker against Oklahoma. That's how I see this playing out. Dave Aranda is building himself a monster program in Waco. Waco has proven, Baylor has proven, that it will do what it needs to do to put a championship-caliber football program together. They've done it for basketball, obviously, but the way this thing is turned around, you could not ask for a better guy to lead this program than Dave Aranda a guy who is so self-aware, who understands the moment, who understands where he is at, who gets himself, who isn't just looking for the next big job. He gets it. He understands. I mean, that's a guy you want. You want in the fight with you. You want him right there in the trenches. I would run through a brick wall for Dave Aranda. I never met the man in my life, but I'd do it. And you look at this team, what they've got on the offensive and defensive lines, you put those two things together, and they have uh, the highest quality in the trenches of any team in this in this conference right now. I think they upgraded in Blake Shapin at quarterback from Gary Bohannon, who was a nice player but a game manager. I think Shapin opens things up far more in the passing game. And while you could say, well, what about the skill positions? Is there ever a question whether or not Baylor has skill position guys? Is that ever a question? No, it's not. It's really, they're going to have their guys. Baylor's going to have its guys at the skill positions. We might not all know them today, but by Halloween, they're going to be household names. And uh, Dave Aranda is building this thing in a way that Art Bryles could only dream of because Art Bryles was an offensive guy who obviously didn't know defense. Dave Aranda has built a balanced program with top-tier recruits as well, better recruiting in many ways than Bryles ever did, and uh, that's starting to pay major dividends. Huge, yeah, you know, the kid from Tulsa, Jackson Player, adding him to that defensive line, I mean, that defensive line is nasty, absolutely nasty. 
And I know that Baylor's schedule is tougher in even years. All right, but that's why I'm saying 10 and 2. I think they'll go 3 and 0 in the non-con, and they got BYU in the non-con, and then 7 and 2 in Big 12 play. So I think Baylor and Oklahoma each go 10 and 2 and 7 and 2 in Big 12 play. They will meet for the Big 12 championship game. That's my prediction. Oklahoma, Baylor, and the Big 12 title, and Baylor makes it two straight Big 12 championships to improve to 11-2. Now, that's probably not good enough for a playoff appearance. A two-loss team from the Big 12 is never going to make the college football playoff, but that's how I see this season shaping up. Two 10-2 teams at the top, 7-2 in the conference, which is what matters. Baylor, Oklahoma, Baylor comes out on top over the Sooners in the Big 12 championship game in December. I'm Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. It's good to be with you. All right, let's take a look at what we've got on uh, Facebook Live here. Some of the comments. Oh, Brian, Texas will be 8-4 and four at best. Watch Quinn Ewers be the next Tate Martell. Ooh. That's an insult. Tate Martell. I remember him. What was that dopey show he was on? He went to Ohio State. I think Tate Martell went to like five schools. QB1 or something like that, right? Quinn Ewers is, is Tate Martell with a mullet. Is that is that a fair analysis? Uh, Elijah writes, I strongly believe Oklahoma State will go 10-2, lose again to Baylor in a conference championship game rematch. Okay. Uh, what else here? Jim writes, K-State will win the Big 12. You heard it here first. All right, that's not crazy, Jim. That's not crazy. Here's what I'm going to say about Kansas State. If there is a team that I'm picking as a dark horse, I am going to go with Kansas State. If it all clicks for Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein and Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn is the best player in the Big 12 that a lot of us believe he can be and the secondary figures itself out, it's not crazy to think that Kansas State is a team that can find itself in the conference championship game. But here's what I'll say about K-State. And this could definitely be the case in the Big 12. Like, it's not impossible to think that the Big 12 could have a 6-3 and three team end up playing for a conference title, depending on how the tiebreakers work, right? Where some team is 8-1 and one or 7-2 and two in conference play, and then you've got four teams that go 6-3 and three in conference play, and however the tiebreakers work out, you know, a 6-3 and three team obviously ends up in. It's not impossible. But the schedule is tough for K-State. They have to go to Oklahoma. They have to go to Iowa State. They have to go to Baylor and then a road trip to West Virginia. That is just traveling to Morgantown is a pain in the butt and tough to do. Going to Waco in November in, you know, a game that could have Big 12 title implications is tough. Going to Ames is always difficult. And then obviously starting off, you know, conference play at Oklahoma in late September, no easy feat. Although if you want to get Oklahoma at a certain time, September's probably the time to do it because they may still be working through some things. Elijah, please tell me what crazy upsets Iowa State has this season. That is a, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, because you know that Iowa State's going to be good for one, right? I mean, you, you know it. We all know Iowa State's going to be good for one. So I've got them at eight wins. Now, here's what I just want to know for Iowa State. I think this is the year that I could see him taking down Iowa, finally. Matt Campbell has not beaten Iowa. I could see this being the year that Matt Campbell finally beats Iowa. 
because no one's expecting it, right? He comes in with a new starting quarterback on the road and beats Iowa. Like, it would be so on brand, I feel like. Couldn't beat them the past two years, but then you go in on the road and you end up beating them with uh, Hunter Deckers and company. That'd be fun. So what's the upset that Iowa State has in store? Well, I'm not going to predict this, but if you want to have that conversation, I would look at a couple. I would look at Baylor in late September. They've got Oklahoma at home as well in late October. That's Halloween weekend. So those are the ones that stand out to me right now as the obvious potential home upset situations for Iowa State. But I'm I'm not going to predict that one out of the gates because of what I ended up uh, going ahead with. So there you go. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, independent, Big 12, digital media outlet. Always great to be with you guys. Be sure if you're on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and um, don't forget about our friends at DraftKings. All right, we are on DraftKings. Use our promo code if you're in Kansas, HCS. That's HCS to get a $100 deposit for free. Yes, you, you, that's exactly right. All our fans, people say, Pete, how can we support the show? If you're in Kansas, sports betting is here right now. And you can receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using our code HCS. So get on there now and download that DraftKings Sportsbook app, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Take care.